DanielBritt.com. Stop whatever you're doing and listen to me right now. You're going to love this hour, okay? It's one of the hottest groups in gospel music. They do things differently, but at the same time, they capture a sound that is legendary. I'm talking to Signature Sound, Ernie Haas. You're the, the head guy. This was your, <laughs> sort of your brainchild several years ago. Mm-hmm. It has turned into an amazing thing. First of all, thanks for taking time to talk with us. My pleasure, Daniel. And how many years ago, we're going to go back to the beginning, when, when did Signature Sound start? Start up here in this head of mine? <laughs> yes, right. Because yes. you were with the cathedrals, and yeah. we'll talk about all of that. But You know, and, and that's what I hear every night. Somebody will come to the record table and say, we followed you with the cathedrals. We loved you with the cathedrals. Why did you not have this kind of energy when you were with them? And, and I just always say, you know what? It's like a sitcom. Yeah. A quartet is a sitcom or a basketball team, and I use those two analogies because everybody has a role. Everybody is a character, mm-hmm. and you know you got to know your role if you want to stay in the mm-hmm. in in the sitcom or on the basketball team. Yeah. And, yeah. and and you know standing on that end of that quartet, watching those two legendary guys go out at night after night after night. I mean, there was just it was just a joy for me. And then, you know, I just thought. After the cathedrals retired, I had already started doing some solo dates, and I thought, you know, I could be happy because I lived out a dream. But when I got really quiet and put all the noise aside, mm-hmm. when I would pray and study, and, and I would always go back to my wife, Lisa, and i say, I don't know why I'm feeling this in my heart, but I'm just seeing some things. And I, and I kept using this phrase, I feel like i got some unfinished work to do, and if it fails, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. But I can't live with not trying. So that's kind of how it started. And as I mentioned, you guys really are on top of everything, it seems like, these days. Uh, it would be kind of dumb if I'm free to ask you if you're enjoying this popularity. I think everybody, this is the place they want to be. They want to be on top. But do you ever feel like it's just all a dream and you're going to wake mm-hmm. up and it's like the land of Oz? It's just <laughs> going to go away? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do. And then sometimes I just, uh, you know, stress is stress, whether you're having a, a bad thing happening to your life or you're having, you know, wonderful success. It does put stress on you. and Learning to manage yourself, that's the number one thing, and uh, and learn to say no to some good things. And sometimes uh, you got to say no and wait for the best things. And and uh, I've been fortunate because I've got some guys with me who trust me. Mm. Um, you know, they've, they've watched other groups, um, and they've watched members come and go out of other groups, and maybe not, um, maybe you've built a good, you know, we talk about it on the bus, you can build a checking account, but can you build a career? And and that's that's kind of they look at it like you know what we're having fun we're a team uh, we want to win championships um, night every night on stage mm-hmm. so so it's good to be able to have a, a team atmosphere where every guy um, trusts me and the, the hard part is I'm a player coach so yeah, it's yeah. different than being on the sidelines hollering at them saying do this do this yeah. so when you're on the stage doing it and you know what none of us are perfect so I'm going to make mistakes too yeah. so they overlook each other's mistakes and we say hey you know the ultimate goal is to win and uh, and every night we try to walk off the stage knowing we've left nothing um, left uh, nothing on the court you guys are so good at doing creative things and unique things and if you were not so well known I think you could maybe afford to do some way out of the box stuff that you you don't know if it's going to work or not you could take those right. risks and, and you've done that and so you're at the top now and just talking in sheer success terms here now that you are at the level you are do you find yourself more nervous to take more risks because at this point, if you take a risk, it maybe can make you or break you type thing. Do you ever have those thoughts? Or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and you also had the same thoughts of how am I going to top the next one? You know, yeah. what, what you know, what more ridiculous thing do I have yeah. to do? <laughs> but um, that's where it comes back. Where the reason we sing these words, these words are just not, you know, um, they're they're just not just syllables and phrases. These are life changing words, and you know, the scripture says. God's word is life, and when you have life, you have freedom. So there's freedom in what we're doing. I don't feel in bondage to um, to a style. I don't feel in bondage to a certain uh, denomination. Um, I just feel free in my heart, and that's why I thank God we live in America for many reasons. But one reason, um, you know, there's a good side to capitalism, and yeah. you know, we've, we we decided a while back that we were going to do ticketed events, and um, we we do sing in churches. Don't get me wrong, but um. We want to be able to please the masses. We don't want, we're not trying to go out and please this denomination leader or this choir director and this choir director's wife or this yeah. magazine <laughs> or this radio station. Um, although those are very, very important. Um, George, my father-in-law used to say, George Johnson used to say all the time, Ernie, all that matters is those two hours on that stage. If you can make those people happy and you let God use you to bless them, 
and help them through their week and their struggles, then you've done your job. So that's why we, we do what we do. It's for the people. And, and, uh, and as long as they're happy with what we do, uh, it can be Southern gospel. It can be Hungarian folk music. They're not going <laughs> to care as long as they uh, think that we're really sincere in what yeah. we're singing. Yeah. Ernie Haas of Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. And let's listen to some music on Daniel Britt and Friends. You're listening to Daniel Britt and Friends, and if anybody asks you what you're listening to, you make sure you tell them, okay? And if they're not, tell them, tell them they're crazy, and, and they should be listening <laughs> every right. week. We've got Ernie Haas with us of Signature Sound Quartet, and uh, I love, I love to see. Now, I, there's nothing wrong with traditional, and there's always that place for comfort food. Uh-huh. But I love creativity, and I love the way you guys bring that to the stage, and how you even mix it with that comfort food. <laughs> and you had great teachers. You mentioned your father-in-law. Let's talk about the cathedrals for a minute. When did you join them? I joined them in April of 1990, and um, I had followed them for many years. I went to uh, many concerts, and I always showed up. You're talking about a quartet geek, man. I, <laughs> I showed up with my suit and tie on. Why, I don't know. Thinking maybe I'd get a chance to sing, but I don't know. I was just just ate up with it, and I'd help them load in their sound and their product, and and they were always nice to me. Uh, you know, at that time it was, uh, of course, George and Glenn and Roger Bennett and Kirk Talley and Mark Trammell, and they were just always just nice to me. And then as time went on, I, I my first pay, paying job was with um, actually this is a trivia question. Nobody knows this. I sang with the DMB band, which was the the phase where the Dixie Melody Boys mm-hmm. were were going country kind of, yeah. and I was with them just for a few weeks, and I knew that I that wasn't going to work. Uh, matter of fact, we went into a studio in Nashville to record a project, and uh, I went in, I tried it for 30 minutes, and they just looked at me and shook their head and <laughs> hired a studio singer to sing the tenor part, and I had to sit for two weeks in a hotel. You're talking about mm. demoralized, but I held on to my dream, uh, and about a week after that, hooked up with a guy by the name of Squire Parsons yeah. and sang with him, and then I got more of a professional relationship with George and Glenn. And George gave me his number. I would call him every once in a while. We'd just talk, and we hit it off. I said, Mr. Yoss, one day I'd love to sing with you. Well, Ernie, I'll tell you what. You never know how the Lord's going to lead. That's what he kept saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, I opened up for him. Uh, this is February of 1990 at a college, mm-hmm. uh, Oakland City, Indiana. I had went there for one semester, and that's where I met Scott Fowler. And uh, the president had called me and flew me back in to sing a couple songs, and he was trying to get me to come back and be a recruiter for the school. Um, and so I sang a couple songs, and the cathedrals heard me. And, and I didn't even meet George that night. He was back in, in the back uh, hallway, and he had heard me. And that next week he called me, and he said, uh, Ernie, you talked about all these years you wanted to sing with the cathedrals. You ready? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He goes, well, you get up here Wednesday. And that was two days from the time he called. I said, I'll be there. And I drove up there, hopped on their bus, and had ten wow. wonderful years. Wow. And learned a lot. Learned a lot. I tell you, I'll never forget when we turned the corner with the cathedrals um, in a philosophy way. Uh, George was with, with the Blue Ridge Quartet, and that was more in the day of the the vaudeville, statesman, Blackwood. Mm-hmm. It was it was more entertainment. Mm-hmm. Glenn was with the Weatherfords, and that was more church music. They did a lot yeah. of that. So oh. that was a great marriage when Glenn and George came together because yeah. it balanced each other. Yeah. But I remember George told us in 1995 when we cut back our schedule and we was going to only do 90 dates a year. He said, boys, I'm just going to tell you something. As the MC, I'm going to have to make a change here. We we got to, you know, people are expecting them to pay $15, $20 to come hear us sing. We we got to entertain them too. Yeah, yeah. So just be ready. I'm going to probably pick on you, Glenn, a little bit more and you know, Ernie, I'm gonna probably push you a little bit harder vocally, you know, on the high notes, and and uh, and and it. And he made an, a conscious decision, and you know, here I am as a 28, 29 year old kid. I'm sitting back watching him, going, "This is working. This is wow. working." Then after the cathedrals retired, uh, old friends quartet. Yeah, I learned right. a lot then that's too. Right. So it's all it's all played into what I'm doing with signature sound. Could you see? Uh once you get with old friends, then Jake Hess was a part of that group. Could you see the wheels turning between George yeah. and Jake and their way of thinking? And the oh, old yeah. Statesman? Well, they were like uh, two lightning rods because they came out of the same school. Yeah. I mean, and George yeah. wanted to be with the Statesman. He tried out when, when uh, I think, when Big Chief quit. Yeah. And um, he, no, he actually tried out for the Blackwood Brothers, too, when they had a plane crash. So, mm. I mean, he was always in that field of wanting to be showtime, you know. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah, find yeah, another right. word for right. it. Sure. But when George and Jake... When we teamed up, and they were too old to care what anybody thought anyways. They were going to have fun. Matter of fact, Jake told me one time, because we were trying to think of a name of the group, and he said, well, all we want to do is have fun. Let's just call ourselves Fun Seekers. 
<laughs> that's, he was, I was serious too. And, uh, but the wheels were turning in my mind then too, cause I was watching, um, I just, you know, life is hard, whether you're a Christian or not. And there are a lot of things that, that you have to deal with. And boy, it's nice to know that over here on this particular night, you can go and you're going to have your soul filled, not only with spiritual truths, but with fun. And there's not a thing wrong with that. Being a member of a retiring member of the cathedrals, does that I mean, does that make it a little more special for you that yeah. you weren't just another member and there's nothing wrong with that, but that you you close the books on the cathedrals, you helped do that. Yeah. And that was a conscious thing because I don't care what anybody says, what whenever you get a group together, if my guys were sitting here right now, we'd all talk about how hey, we're gonna be together for twenty years. Yeah. You know, I hope that happens, but yeah. you know, priorities change, uh visions change. Um I'm not going to tell you what record company, but back in 95, 96, I had a major record company come to me and said, hey, I want you to put together a – basically, they were they had the vision for a group like this, a young, mm-hmm. hip group that was saying old school quartet. Yeah. And I said, do you realize what kind of a, a career suicide that would be to not only leave the cathedrals, but to leave my father-in-law, who I love? Mm-hmm. I said, you know, thanks for the offer, but no thanks. I want to be here. I want to be here when this bus stops rolling. I think there's some value to that. Yeah, um, yeah. It kind of like when the Seinfeld thing quit. Yeah, you know, it's right. like they'll always be remembered that way. And John Starnes told me that one time. Huh. He's a he's a Ernie. Just remember this: when when the, when the wheels stop rolling, you will be the last tenor, and uh, that's what they'll remember. And so, yeah, I think there's some value to that. And uh, and then sticking with George and hanging out with him through the old friends days, and it was an honor to serve him because he was weak, he was feeble, and um, to be able to. To see the smile on he and George, uh, Jake's face um, gave me a lot of joy, too. Yeah. And you married George's daughter, Lisa, right? Yeah. I didn't waste any time. I joined yeah. the cathedrals in April of 1990 and married her in December of 90. Wow. Uh, so it was, it, was a, it was a whirlwind year in 1990. So when did you meet her and when did that all start? Uh, about a month into it, yeah. yeah. I, had, I had met uh, Glenn's family and went out to eat with – I went out with everybody's family. Yeah. And um, – and Mark Trammell kept telling me, he said, man, you need to meet George's third daughter, Lisa. And I'm like, mm, nope, ain't not doing that. That's just <laughs> too not, risky. Too risky. And I said, and if she looks anything like George, there's no way. <laughs> I, I just couldn't imagine. That's right. And so we sang uh, about six weeks after I joined the group at the Cathedral of Tomorrow there in Akron, mm-hmm. Ohio. And she come walking in, and I was, I, mean, I was just blown away. And uh, and then we went out to eat the next night. And um, I just, I, you know, you get that point where, um. I wasn't turned off to marriage, but I was so focused on a career mm. that I was determined I was going to try to make it in this business right. that I right. wasn't looking. And that's usually when it happens, when God hits yeah. you, when you're really not looking. In between the interruptions. Yeah, that's right. Does she ever feel like she married her father? You always hear that, that the women marry their fathers, even when they try their hardest not to. Do um, you think she, in essence, did? Is there a lot of similarities between you and George? Yeah, I, I think she talks about that because... I said, babe, do you think do you ever think you'd be a quartet wife? You know, I just make fun of her, and she just laughs and smiles. She's real quiet, but um, yeah, there's a lot of similarities in the way we think and respond to people. Um, George was more laid back. I'm more hyper, and uh, he worried about me every time. You know, especially when I started this group. Every time I go see him right before I leave out and, and tell him goodbye. And he'd, he'd always be rocking in his chair, and he'd say, Ernie, I'll be sitting here rocking and praying for you. And just pace yourself, Ernie, pace yourself. Because he knew that I was, uh, I, yeah. I was a little bit hyper. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one more question about George. This just came to me because I, I, I saw him, I guess the last time I saw him in, in Gainesville, Georgia, we were at the concert there. He was backstage. and With the Georgia Mountain Center? That's right. With Greater Vision? Yeah. That I think a, you were there. That was an Where, awesome yeah. night. Yeah, I was there. Now, he was backstage doing solo. Uh-huh. But when he was backstage, and, and of course, I wasn't going to go up to him and say, hey, Mr. George, what are you doing? But he, I don't know if it was a technique he did. Mike Allen, I talked to him about it, and he, he said, I've heard George do that, and I can't put my finger on what he was doing either. But it was um, – all I can describe it as a cough, almost kind of as a – he would – into his hand almost, he would just kind of mm-hmm. cough. I don't know if it was getting the pitch, or do you know exactly what uh, that well, technique like that- was? At that time, it was two things. It was he was warming his voice up. He's trying, to, but more back then, um, because he was only operating on a third of his heart, mm. he he always had water on his on his lungs. Mm. So he was trying to to get the phlegm out of the back of his throat. Wow. 
a lot of people, they just don't know what he went through the last, I guess from 1998, those last two years of the cathedrals. And then those, he did some solo dates we did together and then the old friends. I mean, it was just, it was a struggle. Every, everything revolved around, but when he hit the stage, man, he came oh, alive. Yeah, he, did. You know? yeah, he did. Even if he had to have a stool or something, you know, he'd, he'd sit in it for some, some of the time and some of it he'd get up and scare you maybe. But, I know. Uh, <laughs> he'd, yeah, well, he scared us many nights, but he yeah. was, he loved, he loved his God. He loved his family. Boy, he loved his family. And then he loved what he did. And he never second-guessed himself. He knew that's what he was called to do. And he did it. And he didn't apologize. Um, and then once you get older, I mean, yeah, and you've got yeah. the love and admiration of fans. There wasn't critics um, like there are today. The, there's a lot of a lot of critics mm. uh, and a lot of cynics, which is even worse. Yeah, yeah. But um, he never listened to that stuff. And I, and I tell you, there's a lot of similarities not only between um, my relationship with with George, but with Bill Gaither. Yeah. And he just he just does what he does and lets the chips fall where they may. Sure. And he keeps doing it. We're talking to Ernie Haas of Signature Sound on Daniel Britt and Friends. Let's listen to some more music from the guys. This is cool. Daniel Britt and Friends. My guest today is Ernie Haas of Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. And there was a period there, obviously, before you joined the cathedrals, you talked about some solo work. And then after Old Friends, you went back and did some solo, uh-huh. sort of in, in between of starting Signature Sound. Would you do solo again? I would, I, I would like to do – the answer is I probably would not. Uh, hmm. But I would never shut the door on any opportunity. I, I do have – ideas about recording i love i I look at the studio the same way as i look at a gym uh Hmm. my brother and i I remember the summer months when you had school you're out of school we would stay on a basketball court all day long till it got nighttime then we'd find a gym and go in there and play and that's the same way as i feel at the studio if i I could afford it and had the Hmm. time i'd stay in there all the time so there's some things in my heart that i want to record as a soloist Hmm. um but as far as going out and touring and singing as a soloist um, I just I'm made for a quartet. Yeah. I love it, and as long as the Lord wants me to do this um, at this level, I will continue to do it. I don't want to do it at another level, um, having to compromise and record records every four months because I'm coming back to the same market every four months. Yeah. I, 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 my dream and desire is is a world vision of of what gospel music can be to the masses. I, I want to do a European tour. I want to. I want, I want to go to totally different markets, and and I'm not that funny. We're not that good. I can't keep going back to Dallas six times a year, you know. So right, right. that's that's kind of the, what keeps it pushing me with this group is to keep it fresh and to spread it out mm-hmm. and to sing to as many people as possible. So you did solo, and then it was early early 2000. What do you call that? 2000s. Mm-hmm. The early the early part of this new millennium that we're mm-hmm. in, and uh, then you started Signature Sound. Some of the names. Uh, Tim's been with you the whole time, right? Tim yes, Duncan? he has. In the early days of Signature Sound, I remember JKS telling me he says, "Ernie, with with a statesman, we went through about eight to twelve personnel changes before we got that nucleus of a group that people gotcha. re- remember." He says, "Your thing is that you've come out such a successful group. You're living in a glass house. Every move you make." People mm-hmm. are going to watch, and then with the internet the way it is, you know. Yeah. So we we had some changes in the beginning, but that strengthened our group because um, the guys who are with me now and stayed with me, they they saw what price had to be paid to make that work, yeah. and yeah. so it made us stronger. I don't um, feel bad about it because anything like that God sends your way and allows to happen is a test. Mm-hmm. The Bible is full of phrases about testing your faith and mm-hmm. testing your resolve. So um, it's made us who we are. It really has. So um, the guys that are with me now, Doug Anderson, Tim Duncan, Ryan Seaton, and Roy Webb, and our bus driver, David Griffith, um, are just precious souls, and uh, I thank God for them. And I will say this. Now, to, to be honest, when I first saw Signature Sound, there was just I was so excited. I mean, there was this freshness, this excitement there, and uh, it was almost hard for me to explain when I'd go back and – I mean, I still don't even know how to how to put it into words what I saw. I mean, because you see quartets every night, mm-hmm. and you see groups, and here's another new group, or he's put a group together. Let's go see it. And and it was there was something there, a spark. And even through the changes, mm-hmm. somehow, and I guess it comes back either to you or through your willingness to let God work through you. But uh, it's still there. You still got it, even though there have been some changes. And what you got now? Don't change it. <laughs> well, well, thank you for saying that. I I say this. 
uh, not to hurt nobody, but just to, you know, you, you look at groups like, uh, I'm trying to think of a group, like the Beatles. Yeah. All right. So you think of the Beatles, you, yeah. you know, you think of those names. Right. You don't think of Peter Best. Right. Right. And <laughs> you know who that is? No, these girls over here are shaking their head. No. <laughs> he was the original drummer. So what I'm saying is, um, I believe this group that God has given me, um, especially since Gaither has started exposing us, these videos he did on us, this, this is the group that people remember. And uh, that's why I said what I said, that um, I'm just thankful that these guys have come along. Yeah. Will they stay? Will we stay together for a 20-year run like the Stafford Brothers or something? Yeah, like that? yeah I, I would like to hope so. Right. But I would never fault a man for wanting to try to better themselves and take their family and, and to build upon what they have learned here. So um, these are not just employees, the guys that are with me. They're, they're my friends and they're my brothers, and I would never hold them back. I was thinking about it. If you guys, for whatever reason, if if the music stopped on next Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. what would you guys go to form a basketball team or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it seems like you guys are inseparable. Yeah, really we does. we're really tight. And, and you know what? With that closeness that people see, comes a, a real open, authentic um, relationship, and you got to have it if it's going to be authentic. Yeah. I mean, there's times you can't that fake it. You can't fake it. And there's times. I mean, it's like a marriage. There's times that. It's just really, really sweet, and there's times it's tough, you know, and, and and we have an open policy, open air policy on the bus. If you got something, you just say it. Don't go to bed mad. And, and there's midnights, I'm like, man, you know, and I, I, me and Roy go at it, you know, and we'll, yeah, yeah. then one night it'll be Doug and Roy, and I get, <laughs> but then it's all resolved. And there's never been a fist, but I'm not talking about yeah, right. uh, mean-spirited stuff, just, you know, what do you mean by that? I didn't mm. mean nothing by that. Okay, it's all over. <laughs> but you got it. You can't go to bed at night. Wandering and thinking, and then you're, Satan plays games with your minds. No relationship can be healthy when you're when you're living in that cloud of doubt. So we have a very open air policy. What we would do if the music stopped next week? Uh, I'm sure. Find I'd, some more music. I'd find I'd find something. I when I when I when I asked Lisa to marry me, I said I can't promise you much, but I can promise you this: you'll never be bored. Yeah. And and, she, and I remind her that I said, "Are you bored yet?" She goes, "Nope." Sixteen years later, I'm not bored. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, we're talking, I sort of say the statesman, we're talking to, <laughs> we, we'd have high ratings if we could get them here, you <laughs> That'd know. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, we're talking to Signature Sound and Ernie Haas. Are, are you the group manager, the front man? What, what is your, do you have a title? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Other than uh, center? I signed the checks, so yeah. I guess that would be. Yeah. Trusty. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we're, we're talking to Ernie and we're talking about the success of this group and the music that really makes a difference of Signature Sound. And you guys have been called a 21st century statesman quartet. Uh, I've, I've heard that specifically. Well, I wish I could have you. seen it. I mean, yeah. I talked to, of course, George and Bill and yeah. I've talked to Jake about it. There, unfortunately, are no moving film footages mm-hmm. of that electrifying group that everybody mm. uh, compares us to. Um, I just got this me- mental yeah. image. And maybe it's better that I don't have it. Um, sometimes it's bigger than life when you don't right, right. really I ever understand. see it. Um, but I, I, what I want to see happen is this, because I love this art form so much. Um, I want to take it to the masses. And um, you know, when I'm 65, 70 years old, I'd like to still be able to, to sing and, and travel. But I would like to think that there would be a group come along after mm-hmm. us that could build upon what we've done and what the cathedrals have done, the statesmen, and take it to another level. And I could sit back and just smile and vicariously live it through them. Um, that that's my goal. Uh, I, you look at these NBA players who can only play till they're 35, and then they gotta sit back. That's that's gotta be tough. So yeah. we're we are blessed if we take care of our bodies, and that's why we work out like we do. You know what you see on stage happening. I mean, I, I mean, I bought a. Uh, a watch with a heart monitor because when we do Getaway Jordan, I mean, I'm, you know, you're trying to sing and move at the same time. It takes a lot of energy to do that. My heart rate's about 180 beats wow. a minute at that point. Um, and I don't know how long I can keep that up, but um, hopefully for a few more years because I'm having so much fun doing it. Scott Fowler said that I've been quoting him lately. We talked after Roger's funeral, and uh, he said, you know, I tell my friends. That asked me about you. I said, you know what, Ernie had always had a lot of crazy ideas, and I'd be doggone if one of them didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, I'm glad you mentioned his name because I was going to. Uh, that was my next question. When I talked to Scott, when I talked to Roger before he passed away, we uh, back in September we talked at the Quartet Convention, uh-huh. and 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 they were talking about their group, uh-huh. and they're talking about how George and Glenn split down the middle, fifty-fifty, and they, yeah. you know, what George was the 
stage guy, uh-huh. and Glenn was the business guy. Uh-huh. And they've sort of modeled their, their deal after that. One thing, I don't know if Roger said it of Scott or, or Scott ultimately said it, uh, was that I never knew, because Scott, I guess, is the manager in that relationship there. He said, I never knew what George and Glenn went through until you're there. That's and right. Ernie, you're here. You're at that position. Can you attest that to be true? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got uh, more than all the junk that you put up with, because there's, yeah. there's a lot of junk. Um, you got the weight of knowing that these guys – that you're providing for them and you're providing for their babies. All my guys got babies. You know, so when we do functions, when they're all there, I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm smiling. But in my mind, I'm thinking, don't don't mess yeah. up, dude. I mean, yeah. these guys got – they're counting on you, you know. And yeah. So it makes you pray that much more and seek counsel of people mm-hmm. around you so that you don't make – you know, in this business, you can sign a contract and you're pretty much tied up yeah. for, for, for two or three Sometimes seven years, so you just got to make sure you're making wise, long-term decisions. And um, with Signature Sound, uh, one of the decisions I made as as a manager that's kind of different, that but it's worked for us. I don't know if it'd work for anybody else. Is we don't book our calendar more than six months out. Whereas I remember even when I was doing solo work, I wanted to be booked a year, year and a half in advance. Uh, but so many things happen so fast it's that true. that you have to say no. To something really, really good because you've locked yourself in, and mm-hmm. um, and I learned that lesson right when the cathedral split. I had a, a date booked and it was a it was a decent thing. It was mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, I don't look at anything as bad, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Then I got a call wanting me to do a certain you know convention, and it would have been a really bo- boostful to my career and sure. helpful. And I had to say no. So mm-hmm. um, that's one thing I've done as a manager is is just keep keep my options open. So that when those calls come in, whether it makes money or not, it, it can help your career. And that's what we did with the Dobsons. We did um, – I didn't book a certain weekend in February. And here we were looking three months out, still didn't have anything booked. And I kept saying, you know, I think the Lord's going to – he's going to land something on this. And if it doesn't, maybe he wants us home. Yeah. And uh, so Dr. Dobson called. He said, will you come to focus on the family and do a radio interview and sing for the chapel service? <laughs> and I said, uh, well, the only weekend I have free is – First week of February, and he goes, let's do it. So, uh-huh. you know, that's how you trust the Lord yeah. and, and lean not on your own own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. And I and I, I claim that verse daily. That's the voice of Ernie Haas of Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. And let's listen to more music. This is from their latest Getaway Jordan. You travel with Roger for all those years mm-hmm. with the cathedrals, and uh, I don't know. I mean. They say that when you work with someone, you sometimes get to know them as good or better that you do your own spouse. So, I mean, mm. you're on the bus with these guys yeah. weekend after weekend. Tell me about Roger and, and, and what he meant to you as a friend and, and uh, his unique perspective on life. Roger was a, he was a jewel. He yeah. really was. Yeah. And uh, he can make me laugh. Uh, I mean, just where I was begging for mercy. I mean, I've seen George double over and say, stop it. Just quit. Leave us. Uh, so he was just a character, fun to travel with. When I walked into the church in, at Bethel Temple in Evansville, Indiana, it was probably 1981, and uh, the first person I met with the cathedrals was Roger. And uh, he was just really nice to me. Um, and uh, I remember after the concert, I was helping him roll up a chord. And I told him I wanted to sing, and he went over to the piano and said, okay, sing me something. Let's see what you got. You know. And uh, when he left the cathedrals for two years, he started a record company. He called me. And uh, I went down to Cincinnati and recorded a record on his label. And do not find that, please, because it, <laughs> it's pitiful. But, you know, he reached out to me, and uh, he helped me with my songwriting. Uh, and, uh, and he was just a dear friend. Um, I, I would call and order soundtracks because he would, he would do all the soundtrack uh, distribution through the cathedral's office. And, and uh, he was just a, he was a good guy, and, and I was happy for his success, happy for he and Roger. They they hit it off when when Scott joined the group, um, they they really had a lot in common, and so to see them take that group and do what they've done is it's been a, a fun thing to watch. It's just sad that you can't um, can't pick up the phone and call him anymore, you know. And last time I talked to him was Christmas, uh, and it, he was really really not sounding strong at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just always kept thinking he'd pull through it. That's how you were with, yeah, with George right. too. You kept. Yeah. But it kind of knew that time that it wasn't. He and he kind of got teary-eyed, and 
you could tell he was choked up. And and I said, Roger, just get well and let's find us a stage somewhere and go out there and wear it out. And yeah. he goes, I would love that, Ernie. And that's that's my regret that we didn't you know didn't get a chance to do that. But I'm happy for him. The sadness we feel is just for us. You know, he's he's up there and with, with all his friends and his mom and and, uh, and he's having a wonderful time seeing his savior. So um, Glenn used to sing a song called "I Got More to Go to Heaven For Than I Did Yesterday," <laughs> and uh, so I'm only 42, but man, I've seen too many of my friends uh, go go on to be with the Lord, and it's not fun. Uh, it, it, it just stinks. It really does, and it's ugly, and that's why on this Getaway Jordan project, it's the reason why I recorded that song. Yeah. On the way to um, sing in Tulsa, Oklahoma, after we had just, um, you know, Georgia just passed away, we hadn't even buried him yet. I'd heard the Statesman's version of that, and I never paid attention to the words because it, it went by so fast. Yeah, right. Really couldn't understand it. it was, the, the recording wasn't that good. I slowed it down and listened to it. You know, I, I was there when when George was birthed into eternity. I was with Anthony when he was, when, and it was, it's, it was a, they both were violent, ugly deaths. And that, that word says, when my feet get cold, eyes are shut, body done chilled by the hand of death, tongue glued to the roof of my mouth, and my hands lay folded across my breast. I won't have to worry about the way I fare, because God Almighty done told me he's going to be right there. And I watched, and, uh, as, as God carried their souls, it's not a pretty picture, but I know, I know they're happy, and and we're going to be with them one day. And when that music, when you believe what the words are saying, and it's more than just a fun peppy tune, oh, you know, yeah. that's where it makes the difference. Yeah, but you know those those deep spiritual truths seems like we always put it with a slow, mm-hmm. like thinking yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And uh, what I wanted to do with with the Getaway Jordan song is to is to keep the passion in it, the yeah. raw. Um, yeah. You know the rock, rockabilly feel to it, yeah. which is a raw emotion that came out of the the black uh, plantations. Mm-hmm. And I wanted because that, that is that is a, a black gospel song right. that right. Uh, Dorothy Love Coates wrote back in the forties. So we wanted to keep that raw emotion, and uh, hopefully we captured it. Uh, and we're we're proud of that project and and proud that it's touching a lot of lives too. It's Ernie Haas of Signature Sound joining us this week, and you've got a place at our table as well. Glad that you're here uh, for this edition of Daniel Britt and Friends. Now, we've talked about the guys. You've mentioned their names. It's Doug Anderson, Roy Webb on piano, Tim Duncan, and also Ryan Seaton. Where'd you find all these guys? I mean, was basketball a prerequisite? <laughs> kind of so. And it was just actually, grandfathered with Tim? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, actually, Doug and, and Tim uh, helped me yeah. form the group. Yeah. Um, Doug is the first one I met back probably in... I was still with the cathedrals, uh, probably about eight, 98, 99, right mm-hmm. towards the end there. I had, was do, doing some solo work. I sang in a little church in Lebanon, Ohio, and uh, a group called Lighthouse opened mm-hmm. up. So I pulled up in my car, and Lisa was with my wife, and I pulled up, and I saw a beat-up old green buzz. And I said, ooh, look, babe, it looks like another quartet's going to be here. So she set up the record table, and I talked to them the rest of the time. Yeah. And we found a gym and played ball. Yeah. And, uh, and in that group was Doug, Doug Anderson. And Roy Webb playing the piano, and uh, and then singing bass in that group was David Griffith, who is our yeah. sound technician and our bus driver. So we hit it off. We were just friends, wow. and Doug and I talked probably once a week uh, about maybe putting a group together, and, and that was that was one of the things that we got to have guys who can play ball because because <laughs> that's just one thing that we love to do. Yeah. As the as the years go by, though, my knees don't hold up as long as, as they used to. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Sometimes I just turn it over to them and I'll referee. And have you guys played today? Not today. We got a gym open tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we worked out today. We yeah. uh, we do a thing. Um, Roy's into martial arts now. Mm. Our, our piano player, Roy. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's learned these um, uh, kickboxing moves and stuff. So we'll go into the male artist locker room yeah. wherever we go and um, turn the music up. Yeah. And uh, usually it's just me, Ryan, Doug, Roy, and uh, Greg Ritchie who plays drums with the Easters. And we'll do an hour routine, but I mean you're burning tons of calories. Mm, wow! And um, our dream one day too is to put out a video because people ask us what we do when we yeah. don't play basketball to stay in right. shape. Yeah, right. And it's pretty intense. But that would sell. That'd be so unique and different. Yeah, I like to do. I like yeah. to do it in three levels. You know, for somebody who's 
who's totally a couch potato. Yeah. Because all it is is calisthenics. I mean, it's yeah. jumping jacks, running yeah. plays, setups, and then take it three levels, you know, and uh, that's a vision that we have. We want to, talking about outside the box thing, yeah. that's, you know, that's something we want to do. I want to take our our songs that are the kind of the most peppy and the most popular ones, mm-hmm. and I want to do a I want to do a, a remix, yeah, like a yeah. party dance yeah. remix, sure, so that they can work out to this. So it's just you know like these health clubs you go in and you right. hear this music, right? It's right. <laughs> and like they did the Elvis's little less conversation thing, they did a remix. Yeah, yeah. So I would like to do a remix of our music, just to make it more party, more fun. So when you're working out, you keep that beat, keep your heart rate mm-hmm. going. Um, You're get with like, uh, Kathy Tricoli. She's she's done some songs, and I thought that's cardiovascular workout yeah. if I've ever heard it. I mean, yeah. she's got some of that stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So I got I got <laughs> like you were talking about at the music stop. I got ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just don't want to share them because I can't copyright my ideas. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I hope this isn't the same question that I, I mean, you know, the going back and, and answering that question again. I mean, obviously, you guys are good, and as Dobson said, you're different. And you spend a lot of the year like tonight on the road with Bill and the homecoming uh-huh. crew. If all of a sudden the homecoming crew stopped, I mean, and you and the tour was over for for Bill and the, and the homecoming, how would that look for you? Trying to to fill the dates of all solo and as as far as your creativity and you, I know you said you don't want to book too far in advance, but right. uh, if you were faced with a full calendar, a full year of open dates, and it was up to you to fill them, uh, oh, would, yeah. would, would that be scary or would, would oh, that be not, pretty easy? You think? Not in the least. Not in the least. I guess. I guess that's a. That's a that's a question I've never thought of. I guess I should think of that. You know, one of the reasons that Bill has given us a, his blessing to do what we do, like tonight. You know, you're interviewing me in Atlanta, Georgia. Tonight he'll go on stage because we protect his markets. Meaning, mm-hmm. you're not going to see us Sunday, two days from now, at a church for free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so people come to hear us tonight. You know, that adds to the to the event. So. Because we protect his markets, his kind of kickback to us is mm-hmm. he'll get on stage tonight and say, you can't see these guys anywhere else except this summer. They do a summer tour. Right. So right. if gotcha. you want to see Signature Sound, you got to come see the Getaway Jordan 2007 yeah. Summer Spectacular. And they're coming back and just happen to have a brochure in my pocket, Bill. And then, <laughs> and then we'll pass them out tonight. And then um, tickets will go on sale next week. So to answer your question, we've been doing that the last three years. Mm-hmm. And we've been averaging – Two, three thousand. Matter of fact, we had to add a show in Fort Worth. Uh, so if that day ever come, we talked about it, Bill and I. And he uh, he said you've built enough markets to where you go out and work every Friday and Saturday, and, and we turned down a lot of dates. I, I, I turned down all the all the requests come to me in our office through mm-hmm. our website. I get twenty to thirty a day. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's never been a worry. Uh, uh, I, it's like uh, what's that old movie, The Field of Dreams? Right. You yeah. build it, yeah. they'll come. Yeah. And right. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, that's something I want you to get across to the listeners. Um, when you follow your heart, and you're not trying to please a person or a or you know a, a, key, a gatekeeper. Yeah. You can live in freedom. You don't have to sit back in fear, wondering if that that guy that can open the door for you can also shut it for you. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? True. So and and there's not many people I know of like Bill Gaither. Who is more happy if signature sound hits hard tonight than he is if the vocal band? I don't know anybody like that. Right. And who who I can call this summer and say, Bill, we had three thousand tonight and blah 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 blah. And he's not getting one red cent of it. And he's mm-hmm. like, I couldn't be more happy for you, Ernie, if it was me. Wow. So um, that's the blessing that I have is having somebody who um, preaches to me daily, Ernie, relax and trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, you guys have had such such a ride, and I keep saying it's like a broken record, but in the, it, it is it is cool to see where you're going these days. And that Summer Spectacular tour has taken on kind of a life of its own, too. You've done some pretty unique things there. I mean, uh-huh. I, I take it you don't like to get bored, and you don't like to do the same old, same old. I'm never bored. It's that's, always been done that way. That's not a character trait that you could uh, put <laughs> on me. I'm not a – I'm never – I don't sit around and sulk um, – you know, I don't say this in a boastful, prideful way. Mm-hmm. I've never cared what anybody thinks. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you get emails and, and you get a few critics and saying things, and I'm like, hey, if you if you know so much, start your own group and do it yourself. <laughs> you know, that's what I want right. to say. Right. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm having so much fun, and I see what God is doing with it. The people who are being blessed, and the lives that are being touched, and uh, 
you know, I just ain't, I just don't have time. Life's too short to um to be blue, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna water in 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 negative thinking because it just doesn't serve a purpose except um, uh, do exactly what the devil wants to do is just bring you down. We're talking to Ernie Haas of Ernie Haas of Signature Sound, and the website again is ErnieSigSound.com. And if you can't remember that, just Google it. There's the yeah, there. And then I'll tell you what, we got things that I'm really proud of. On the on our website we got a message board. Yeah. And so I'm forty two, everybody my age and older, right. they go to the message board, they talk, it's it's a, it's just a great way for them to, to to have a whole new relationship with people who have like interest. And then I've been noticing like the younger kids, a lot of younger kids, teenagers mm-hmm. are coming to our concerts and I always say to them, Hey, go to our website and check out our message board and they're like, Hmm, you know, I could tell they're not interested. So we started a MySpace and had made yeah. a big deal about it because I don't want our message board people to think I've banded them. Yeah. But, you know, and there's a place for these guys that are four, 42 and under, mostly yeah. 20 yeah. and under. And so now it's been fun to say, hey, go check our MySpace. Cool. You know, and yeah, they right, do. Right. And uh, so uh, you can check Google that up too and, and love if we join either one of those. That's ErnieSigSound.com. I kind of see you guys as being a good old-fashioned hand-churned ice cream, and you come packaged in this package that has a neon sign on it. You know that you just you know you're not going to pass that up in the grocery store. If you see this unique brand of ice cream, you're going to buy it, and inside you've got something that, like I've said before, very familiar. You do some of the old standards, but you jazz them up in a new way, very reminiscent though, in this day and age of what. Uh, some of the older groups like the Statesmen or the, even the Cathedrals did. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you another group, too, that I put in that category is the Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. The only difference with them was, and, I, and I'm good friends with, with Joe and Dwayne and those guys, they said we didn't have a Bill Gaither back then <laughs> to tell everybody we were okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, my goal with this group, honestly, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I love you, um, but there's a whole other world out there of people who um, they're just turned off to organized religion, yeah. and maybe rightly so. Yeah. Uh, I just I want to create an atmosphere where my brothers and sisters and those who are on the fringe who mm. don't know what what they are or don't care right, to know right, what they are, right, right. I want them to come to a safe place. That's why we try to do most of our dates in um, theaters mm-hmm. or auditoriums where yeah. we can afford. Those are very sure. expensive to do. And I, I want to be able to share this joy of knowing Jesus with the world, with the masses. And mark my words, um, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to work out, but God has let my dreams come true this far for a purpose. And I don't think it's going to stop tomorrow. Um, I, I think we've just touched the iceberg. I yeah. really think we've yeah. just seen the, 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 the tip of the iceberg. And, um, and I, I, I do know some things that I can't share now, but the, there's some really neat things happening. And my, my prayer, my honest, earnest prayer to the Lord is if we can handle this and, and do this and still stay authentic to who we are and to our families yeah. and, uh, and realize that it's not, it's not us. I mean, we're, we're co-laborers with Christ. People love the message, been touched by the message, they're going to like the messenger. There's yeah. nothing wrong yeah. with that. Um, but we're, we don't get prideful and think, you know, we really are something. Uh, if we can handle it, then I want to go all the way with it. If we can't handle it and we're going to dishonor the name of the Lord and let a lot of people down, then I'd just rather just stay where we're at. I could be happy where we're at. But I tell my guys all the time, guys, do not listen to criticism or praise. They're both poison. Yeah, you're right. We're somewhere in the middle. We're not as bad as some people say. We're not near as good as a lot of people say. We're somewhere in the middle. But you're onto something. I mean, you got people who are turned off by, like you said, to organized religion mm-hmm. and um, – and at the same time, this music that you sing is very, it's old, there's, but the music, the songs, as, as Bill, I've heard him say it, you know, that we don't just sing these songs because they're old, we sing them because they're good and they yeah. say something. And so you've got these songs that say something, which ultimately goes back to the gospel and goes back to Christianity mm-hmm. and what Christ has done. You guys kind of package it a little bit differently and make it more palatable for today's generation, I think. Well, you, I, it's just because of the ADD culture we live in you know yeah. and you know i don't want to sound you know uh, disrespectful to the gospel but i can't think of anything more entertaining than to see a lame man get up and walk and run a blind man see yeah. i mean 
those are some spectacular miracles. They're not happening today. Right. So you've got to get this culture who can't listen to anything more than a 30-second soundbite. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got to get their attention. Before I did my interview with you today, I was walking out in the parking lot. I was going through my mind on some stuff we recorded. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, I probably will never stage that outside of our video that we're going to do next. Uh-huh. But that would be a great second song to get somebody's attention who's flipping through the channels. And, yep. and they see us do that and sing that. And they're like, wow, what's that? I'll stop. Yeah. You know, so you got to, you know, as a programmer, you got to think, how can I get people's attention? So I... I'm not ashamed to use the word entertainment. Sure. I use sure. it for a purpose because I want to get somebody's attention to tell them that Jesus loves them, and we mm-hmm. love them too. If you don't want to answer this, it's too complicated. Okay. Tell me, we'll skip over it. But I know uh, I've, I've talked to Triumphant Quartet. They've been formerly known as Integrity. I've talked to uh, the new trio, if you've heard them, Austin's Bridge. They were called Route 43, uh-huh. and they win. They have there's a name controversy there, so they had to change to Austin's Bridge. That's their name now. And then... Uh, there are some other groups that, are, that have had to change names for whatever reason. Yeah. From just signature sound to Ernie Haas and signature sound, is that a story worth telling? Or is it kind of like Hovey Lister and the Statesman? It just kind of helps identify it more. When we um, signed with the Gaither Music label, we were, they were just talking as far as marketing goes. You sit a CD on a shelf with all these other CDs, and you're competing and uh, so the artwork will help you get recognized a little bit better. But name recognition, and um, and they said, you know, I just don't think for the first record, you know, people are going to recognize Signature Sound Quartet as much as they'll recognize Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. Mm-hmm. So I sat down with the guys on the bus, and I said, guys, this is what record companies want to do. Um, don't want to, you know, do anything to make you guys feel less a part of this group. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do own the group, and... Yeah. Uh, but I do include my guys on, yeah, on all the decisions, sure. and they're like, we could care less. And that's what I'm saying. I'd give my guys a lot of credit because they do trust business decisions, and they do trust Gaither and mm-hmm. his son-in-law, Barry. And so we just kind of made a, a strategic decision. Plus, I told them, I said, you know, I kind of like the fact, too, that we're dropping uh, – some of the traditionalists are going to kill me on this – but uh, dropping the, the word quartet yeah. because yeah. you get tired of explaining to them the broader audience out there in the secular media, how can you be a quartet and you got five guys? Yeah, right. All right. <laughs> so, so it took care of that question too. Mm-hmm. And um, and then of course, you know, you got to have a front man. You got to have somebody that people know. You know, that's the guy who's in charge. That's the guy who we're listening to. And you confuse the audience when you, you know, when they don't know who who's in charge. And so, the guys are really they're great about that. And every one of them's got a microphone. Everybody can say whatever mm-hmm. they want to say and jump in. And it's worked. It mm-hmm. helped us in the marketplace, and it was a strictly a business decision. I know enough about the Gaither vocal band to know that maybe with the exception of um, – uh, I'm strictly talking about the vocal band. Uh-huh. With the exception of the cathedrals maybe in the early 90s, were pretty much they kind of a standalone act. They don't do a whole lot. I mean, Homecoming, obviously, but even with Homecoming, they're for a long time were pretty much the only quartet that was on the stage. And now, uh, I mean, I've heard the news of all these different – Groups merging and becoming this kind of a super group type thing. Are we seeing something like that with the new relationship between the vocal band and Signature Sound? Well, I want to go on the record and say this: we we wouldn't be, you know, people listen to Getaway Jordan Project. I think we've improved vocally, and the reason we have is because of the vocal band. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, whatever, if it takes them an hour to learn a song, it would take us twenty hours. I mean, mm-hmm. they are that far beyond. Light years. They are they are technicians, wow. um, and that's what I'm saying. You know, they have learned from Bill about teamwork, and you know, Marshall have a day off, and he'll come out the studio and, and help us with our vocals. Guy will come by. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are our friends, and there's no co- competition at all. Um, so it, it here's why it started with. Um, I got a DVD on the bus, 1990. Quartet convention where George brought the vocal band out and Michael English sang Balmanese cried holy. Hmm. Um, and then Gaither said, you know, we need to do some dates together. So my first, my first cathedral concert was with the vocal band at the T-Pack in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Hmm. Um, probably we would do, uh, two or three of those a month and, um, with the cathedrals and the vocal yeah. band. They were a little bit more contemporary and we were hmm. southern, more traditional. 
and um, as Bill says, you know, you jab them with your left, and we'll jab them with the right, and, yeah, right, and right. we're going to get them one way or the sure. other. And so here it is, Bill in these in his the twilight of his career, so to speak. Uh, you know, I don't know what that means, but it sounded good. Uh, <laughs> but here he is, 71 years old, and what a joy it is for him to be able to go out and uh, kind of relive the, those Cathedral Vocal Man days and the Statesman Blackwood kind of team. Sure. So this record that we've done together, I think is going to be, I think it's going to be huge. I really do. I think people are going to love it. It's totally different than anything they've heard. We're doing a video here in a couple of weeks. And it'll be at the video and the CD will be out in the fall. And uh, we've been having some some wonderful crowds, man. The tickets go. I mean, we're not big, booking big buildings, but you know, four or five thousand seat venues yeah. and tickets go on sale. And they get something unique. You can't get that everywhere. No, I mean. it's special. Yeah. And Bill is having. You know, it's kind of like living the George thing all over again. You know, watching somebody you really, really love have fun and enjoy himself. And uh, so it's fun to watch Bill have fun. Well, you can watch Signature Sound with the Gaither Vocal Band. You can watch them with the Homecoming team. Uh-huh. You can see them solo during the Summer Spectacular Tour. Uh-huh. And I'd suggest you go to the website to find out more. It's ErnieSigSound.com. Yes. Or just Google it. Signature yeah. Sound, Ernie Haas. And it's, it's H-A-A-S-E. How many uh-huh. times has that been misspelled? Oh, a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's, uh, and this is maybe a typical interview question, okay. but I think it's worth asking because of the way you do things differently and the way you, as Dr. Dobson said when you were on Focus on the Family, uh-huh. uh, what is it about musicians and creative people? They, they're just different in many, many ways. <laughs> uh, you got the short tie thing going on. You got, they call it the bedhead, uh-huh. the, the, you know, the hair, you just get up and go. Um, <laughs> Uh, what else do you plan to do or what else, I mean, that you can tell us that's in your head, that's working, that uh, that's going to make gospel music more fun? I think it starts right in here in your heart. you yeah. gotta, you got to really believe the words and you got to enjoy them. Um, to me, it's all about the live performance. Um, I just I want people to leave on cloud nine. I want them just so full of um, hope that they can, they can be inspired to do what it is that they have a passion for. There's a great book that I would suggest everybody read by David Jeremiah called Life Wide Open. Mm. And, um, you know, and you, you read the story about, was it Eric Lindell, the Olympic runner way back when? I can't remember, but he was a missionary to China. And he said, his quote was, um, God, may, God has called me to be a missionary to China, mm-hmm. but he, God also made me fast. Mm-hmm. And when I run, I feel the pleasure of God. Wow. And so our whole existence is to please God, bring God pleasure, yeah. and He's He can enjoy His creation. So whatever, if you want to be a cabinet maker, you want to be a lawn care specialist, or, you know, whatever it is you want to do, uh, you feel the pleasure of God smiling down on you because He created you to do that. That's what I want Signature Sound to do. I want to create more videos and TV shows so that when people watch it, they feel like, man, if if if, if Ernie Haas, a little southern boy from <laughs> Evansville, Indiana. Uh, if he can do that, surely I can. Yeah. And, and trust me, folks, if I can do it, anybody can. Follow your passion. And you have done that. Ernie Haas and Signature Sound, my guest today on Daniel Britt and Friends. The website, one more time, ErnieSigSound.com. Uh-huh. The summer tour there, the contest that's going on. Uh-huh. You can find all that at the website and keep in touch through the message boards, through the MySpace, whatever yeah. your cup of tea is. Ernie, thanks for doing this. Really, my pleasure. Really appreciate this has it. been fun.